Hey, 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 and welcome to the Black in the Saddle podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. If you are a regular listener, shout out to you. Also, I am so happy that you are tuning in again. Share it with your mom and them and your, your cousin them, okay? Because this is, I know, going to be a very powerful episode with some incredible women. And I'm super excited about it. So let me introduce you to one of my favorite nonprofit organizations that has blessed me with their time today, the Crew Urban Youth Equestrians. Welcome, Jenny, and welcome, Kanasia. Thank you, Ariana. <laughs> now, I just want to start from the, the very beginning um, because I have seen your growth. I have seen the, the transition from just idea and him and haul to out here doing the doggone thing, showing up at events and being vendors and just just a beautiful, beautiful program for kids. So Jenny, would you tell us what the Crew Urban Youth Equestrians is and how did y'all even get started? Um, well, the Crew Urban Youth Equestrians is um, a, we're a nonprofit and our mission is to support urban youth of color to learn how to train and ride horses through emotional self-reflection, self-awareness, and self-regulation. Mm -hmm. Because to us, training horses, we know in the horse industry, like trainers and people have their way of doing things, and they think that is the only way to do things. Yeah. And we take a different approach that there are multiple techniques that can get um, a response out of your horse, mm -hmm. but the constant is always where we as human beings are at the end of that lead rope in the saddle and our horses respond to how we are emotionally. So if we don't do that inner work yeah. and um, then our horses are not going to respond or be, be calm or whatever. And so it's just, the perfect um, merging of working with our kids and helping them, supporting them in being okay with who they are, where they are, what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. um, and in, a, in the context of, of working with the horses. So, um, you know, our role as the volunteers <clears throat> and as the support for them is not to tell them anything. It's to encourage and open them up to all of who they are and to open them up to the horses. Right. Um, yeah. And, oh, so how did we get started? Yeah. Uh, so I've, I, so I had, have two horses, um, who are now the crew horses and, um, my one of my horses had a really he was from a rescue a lot of trauma mm -hmm. and I was working with, as I was working with him and um you know the traditional way that I was taught as a teenager to train horses was clearly not working mm -hmm. and so um learning a different approach which is to build a relationship and build a connection with him first and as I started that journey, it became clear that I needed to deal with my own stuff. Mm. I have a really traumatic childhood um, and a lot of stuff happened. And so if I'm going to help my horse get through his trauma, I got to get through my stuff. Yeah. And as, as we built our relationship together, I was like, I want to figure out a way to bring this to our kids. And when I say our kids, it's like, I'm including my children, and my grandchildren, um, who are biracial and, you know, knowing that when they come to the barn with me, they would get the side eye, right. They would be the side eye or the double take or the overly niceness, you know, the trying too hard stuff, Yeah. which our kids, they feel that and they, yeah. they get that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how can, how can we have a space 
where our kids feel welcome and feel comfortable and, and know that they're entitled to have this space. And so um, fast forward to the pandemic, the murder of George Floyd, which happened here mm -hmm. in Minneapolis, mm -hmm. um, seeing the, the completely valid anger yeah. and um, response and reactions to, to his murder. Um, and then being, uh, you know, isolated from the pandemic and not being able to express yeah. what they're feeling, what they're seeing, how they're doing it. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, all right, we, there's no more excuses here. And so the first two women I thought of were Kanesha and her sister Chantel, mm -hmm. who um, known forever. And we lost contact for a little while and then reconnected through Facebook. And then like, it was literally this just super fast thing. Like yeah. we reconnected through Facebook, started talking, met in an olive garden in September, 24 weeks later, started taking in our own kids and in, in the program. It was like that quick. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So Kanesha, tell us, tell me, like, did you have experience with horses before joining the crew? I have very little experience because um, my family own owns a farm and um in deep mississippi and uh, a cousin of mine who was a veterinarian took me on one of his runs and um he was playing a prank on me it i was actually terrified to the point of passing out <clears throat> and um you know with chores and things like that no one really noticed that i I disconnected from the horses completely. So I would be over there with the stanky pigs, which I hated, but I would rather deal with that than um, I was just terrified. And I'm not even scared or anything, but this particular situation was such a put off for me. And so um, I kind of stayed away from them. I've, I've gone on a trail ride or two, like with the school outing or something. Mm -hmm. But even then, it was like so much to like, ah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I always had this guilt about that, too. Like, oh, but they're horses, you know, like they're horses. Who doesn't love horses? And I just felt a pull, but I couldn't name it at the time and I couldn't get over it. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't really until Jenny um, reconnected with us and, and we started um, brainstorming about the crew that I reconnected so she invited me to the first barn we were in and she's like just come out meet Paprika who's our little sassy pony and um and she immediately made me lead her out of the pasture and I was like what is she thinking <laughs> I'm terrified <laughs> and this is the cutest little pony like she she is not by any means terrifying but I I felt it deeply and Paprika knew I mean she wouldn't leave my side Jenny had me do um an exercise where we were matching steps and she literally synced herself with me and she like just really went out of her way to show me that she I'm okay you know I'm okay you're okay and I'm here with you. Like she's affirming me. And um, Jenny would say, you know, oh, she's she's doing this. That means she really has a lot of trust with you right now. And she feels really safe with you. And after that, I would say my wall completely started to crack and just one brick at a time fall down. And um, so I... I would say that my experience took a major halt when I turned about five. And then now I'm kind of at the level that I, as our kids in terms of um, the horsemanship training, like I'm just picking all this stuff. Some of it is making sense now from when I was a kid, I remember, I remember some of the things we would have to do, but mm -hmm. still I'm so far removed that it's just new. So I'm gonna just call it new. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where yeah yeah <laughs> well i i love that i love that because a lot of times people think that 
in order to, you know, make a difference or in order to have something to contribute to these kinds of spaces, you have to be an expert. You have to, you know, have all the certs and all your little letters behind your name. You have to, you know, do all the trainings and all these things. And it really doesn't require all of that. It it simply requires someone being willing to yeah. learn and, and willing to share that experience. So that's, yeah. that's really cool. So um, I know that your sister is on the board as well. Does she have that same kind of revelation later in life or is she just fearless? She's just fearless, <laughs> but she also didn't have that trauma either, but right. still, um, her nature though, is like, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm all in. I mean, she might call me on the back end and be like, oh my God, I was so scared. But in terms of the crew, she's just really, um, especially with the horsemanship training and being present in the sessions. Um, Jenny and I often talk about her behind her back so we're like Jenny is always like you know what she knows way more than she gives herself credit for mm -hmm. and she really does like when we go out for sessions I'm usually coming in at the end of hers and so I kind of observe where I might join um, but um, she has such a, a profound presence there mm -hmm. And she really does have confidence and expertise where for me, I'm building that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I second guess myself a lot. Just speaking to your point, um, I often struggle with insecurities about doing the work that we're doing and taking some of the accolades that we receive for me because I'm still so new in this journey. Mm -hmm. And so dealing with that part, like, oh, but I, I don't know that much yet, you know, or whatever. And people are like, oh, you guys are doing so great or this or, you know, like, am I? I don't <laughs> <laughs> you, are. you need to claim that. Claim yeah. Right. I said struggle. I didn't say, yeah. oh, I'm struggling with it. <laughs> okay. It's a process, you know, and, yes. and, mm -hmm. and, and, and it, in the equine space, people, even if they're not experts, like to tout that they are. And um, there's a lot of ego in this space, even though people say, you know, it's not, there is, especially when you're talking about, you know, people's knowledge of horses. Yeah. And so it is very intimidating for me to step in a place of confidence to be like, I know what I know and what I don't know, I know I don't know. So, <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm working with that, you know, but. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think you said that beautifully. Um, you know, there, there's, there's ego amongst the humans. Right. There's there's ego amongst the, the right, it's the humans part, the industry in that way. But we many of us know that when you're in this one-on-one -on -one space or even you know working in a group with kids, when you're interacting with the actual horse, there's there's no space for ego. No. Not if you want to be successful. Not if you don't want there to be a fight. Horses don't have that ability to preserve ego. They don't no. think about what happened in the past and they're not having anxiety about what's coming up in the future. Um, being present is what's required, right? Yeah. And and that's why ego just doesn't have a space there. Um, Jenny, I... I would love for you to give us a little bit of insight on what it took to get the crew started. I mean, I know a little bit, but I would love for you to just share like what were some of those initial hurdles in in starting up a new nonprofit, working with horses? I know a lot of people are really interested in how to, not that you need to list out the steps, but how <laughs> did you make this idea come to fruition? Um, 
Well, the first decision we had to make is, did we want to be a nonprofit or a for-profit? And so we had a lot of discussions. I think we had a discussion with you. I think we had, um, you know, a discussion with a couple other for-profits and nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the very first things that we did was hire a nonprofit attorney mm-hmm. in order, and we, you know, we pay her retainer every month, and then we, you know, are able to have con- consults with her as needed mm-hmm. whenever we need them, and um, that has been huge. Um, you know, she's been a great sounding board. So, you know, from the very from the get go, like we were all about if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. And we're going to do it right the first time. And we're going to be, you know, um, we're going to be within regulations. Um, and we're going to mitigate as much risk as possible to us, to our, you know, to the organization, to our kids, to our families. Yeah. And, um, you know, so that was the first thing we went, we decided to do nonprofit, um, you know, and more access to, to funding and grants, even though that is a whole whole different discussion, whole different discussion. Um, and then, you know, when we were talking it through, it's like, you know, the attorney was like, okay, you know, there's this and this and this. And we're like, yeah, sure. Okay. No, it's, you know, there is a lot, if you want to do it right, you know, hire an attorney, mm-hmm. get a good insurance agent and hire a bookkeeper. Cause that money is everything. Like how you track that money, how that money is given to you, reading your grant contracts before you accept that money to make sure that you get, that you're spending it the way you need to, to have that spent a, per year agreement. Mm-hmm. And then again, the whole accessing grant money and funding, whole different ballgame. And as a black women led organization, completely different. And it's, I think it goes to what we were talking about earlier, right? like the whole window dressing, especially in this. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're, you know, that's one of the things that we've encountered is that within the, especially within this industry, which has systemically shut out communities of color, Mm -hmm. which society um, and society and in this industry has systemically erased the culture and the history of communities of color or have whitewashed it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So then it's like the murder of George Floyd happens, huge, huge response, huge reaction. Um, and so this particular industry, right? Like putting window dressing on, we're gonna have equity and diversity, mm-hmm. equity and diversity councils, putting you know black and brown faces on panels, and yet when we, when we come and apply, and it's not just us. So we are very much into building relationships. There's an abundance of funding. Yeah. And the whole structure is set up for us to compete against each other. Yeah. So when we, when we come to, to get funding, right? It's like, we're, one, we're competing against other organizations if it's a national fund. Mm-hmm. But it's like, we have to prove ourselves as what we're going to use our money for, how we're going to be responsible to, for it, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's, that's a challenge. Um, it's, a, it's a big challenge. Yeah. Um, it's getting that funding and being a Black women-led organization and, you know, coming up against, you know, are you going to put the money where your mouth is? Are you going to follow through with what you say you want to see? And, you know, we're chipping away at it at least, you know, a little bit, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, showing up and showing out, being there um, and, you know, having our kids be able to, you know, when you're doing a table or you, they meet a new person who comes through for a tour and having our, having our youth, having our kiddos, seven, eight, nine years old, be able to spout off what they're, you know, what they're feeding, why they're feeding it, who this is, who that is, how you do this or how you do that. It's like, wow, they're really learning a lot of stuff. They know their stuff. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's great. And it's a lot of hard work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I know funding is a huge conversation in that, uh, 
you know, it's, it is that competition for resources. Um, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of organizations just want to do the work, right? They just, they just want to, to fulfill what their mission is about, but that kind of that back end support and, and the, the rat race and constantly needing that it's, it's something that needs to be considered before <laughs> starting, right? Like what funding sources are you going to look for um, before starting a nonprofit? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you think, oh, this is a great idea. So people are just gonna like give us money or give you money. No, Mm-mm. not how that works. <laughs> No, no. And then, you know, sometimes when you are promised money, like you said, reading those contracts and looking at the stipulations that are attached to it. Um, I worked on, I was on some of these panels and I worked on some of these uh, diversity um, uh, programs or, or, what do they call it? Like a, just a group of people that are supposed to help decisions. Yeah, something like that. Um, you know, helping people develop grant programs. And I'm looking at the the requirements. Like this is not this is conducive for a very specific part, a very specific type of organization, one that was created out of a for profit business because they already have the establishment they already have the you know it's a requirement for you to have two bathrooms what mm-hmm. like the barn uh, many times we don't own the barn <laughs> like what what yeah. so then that immediately knocks out majority of the people right yeah. majority of yeah. the organizations so I, I completely get it. I completely get it. But you have been putting in the work and showing up regardless. And so speak to me and Kanesha, Kanesha, you can, you know, share also, what does it look like for you all, you know, getting into the community and, and really sharing what it is that you are doing so that you can reach the, the kids that you want to reach? Um, I can go first. Um, what it looks like, number one, I, I just want to say that we did a lot of research and we, we, we were very intentional about who we chose to connect with because that is also an, a, a huge important factor, just speaking to anyone who's looking to start a nonprofit being selective about who you're partnering with and how you leverage those relationships is very, very important. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we get, we're all connected in, in, in our communities. We're all um, pretty good at trying to keep pulse on what events are coming up that would, you know, would benefit from us being there or vice versa. And, you know, we share that with each other via text or email and then we have quick discussions on you know what we think and is it a situation where us as board members go out or is it a situation where we should bring our kids Mm -hmm. or our horses you know like Mm -hmm. so there's so how it looks varies on what the event actually is but even as even in those events we are intentional about where we show up as well like (laughs) we're building a brand and our brand serves children and our brand serves children who are black indigenous children of color. So people's reputations, people's agendas matter to us because they don't all have our kids in Mm -hmm. mind. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, what we subject our brand to matters. And so I would say it looks, you know, for the most part, it looks like we get out there, you know, we try to include our families as much as possible because it's not just about us and our kids. Our parents are such a huge um, Mm -hmm. 
just partner in all of this. They provide yeah. the rides, they provide um, money, you know, they, they do a lot in this space as well behind the scenes. And so having our families be a part of what we're doing, um, I just came up with this little tagline, like join our herd <laughs> and it's corny, but still at the same time, one of the things we emphasize when we're training with the kids is, um, you know, we are part of our horse's herd and, you know, vice versa, they're welcoming us into their herd. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about our crew, you know, this is our herd and, um, and it's very important that, you know, we understand who we're inviting in and what their role is in the herd and what, what we're all doing collectively. So, yeah. you know, community events, I think by now, people know the crew <laughs> they know and um you know there's there's an excitement about the crew and what we provide because it's not commonplace in the cities and in Minnesota in particular it is such a class it's a class like thing to be around horses or to have right. horses down south it's not so much everybody has access it's it's there Right, right. It's such an agricultural space, but in Minnesota, um, it is it is seen or perceived as, you know, a wealth thing or a white thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, people get excited about knowing that their kids could have access to these very magical creatures, and um, and so we do have a waiting list and all that. <laughs> we got some good problems you know they ain't all bad <laughs> but, but yeah. Jenny you can I'm tagging you in oh okay um so to build on on that because I, I was like thinking oh wow how am I gonna add to <laughs> all of that um I think to Kanasia's point is our intentionality from the get-go like we were very very clear from the very beginning at that dinner at Olive Garden who you know what we're you know what we're gonna do and how we're gonna do it and there are um some non-negotiables um one of those is we are very intentional about um the volunteers who work with the kids are all BIPOC um except for me at the moment, because we're doing the volunteer training, but as we build our volunteer base and everyone is, you know, um, on the same page, we have a volunteer handbook and manual that is in flight. So we are like, you know, my goal is to step out. I don't, you know, I love our kids so much. And I want, we all want our kids from the time they step out of the car with their families at the barn that they see themselves. Mm-hmm. And we actually, you know, one kiddo, she's 10, she comes out, um, she turns the corner and one of our volunteers is there and she's just like, mom, she looks like me. The power of that, yeah. right? So many programs, um, you know, and that makes us unique in Minnesota. Um, I, you know, it, because so many programs, you know, either they'll have a, urban youth day right or they'll have like a day where (laughs) the all you know 10 15 black and brown kids from the cities come out to the barn and ride the horses and everything they see is white it's a white barn owner white horse owners white volunteers who have the knowledge yeah so do they leave that space that I could be a horse person I could be no they're like, that's for white. That was kind of fun, but that's for white people. So that's not right. Right. Or, or I'm, I'm only in this space because I was allowed. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Exactly. And so we acknowledge that. Right. And we are, we are intentional and we have had those uncomfortable conversations with a few, few allies who, um, we're like, oh, I can't work with the kids. I don't want to work with you. And we're like, all right then, because that's your ego, right? Are you really doing this because you want to work to support an organization that is making a change, or are you doing this to assuage your 
your guilt, right? you know, right. and so that's okay. Cause we have, you know, we continually are training volunteers. So we're, we're in a good place, but I think as Kanesha pointed out, our kids are everything to us and we will do everything we need to do to keep our kiddos safe. Yeah. And we also know, cause our, you know, longer term goals are that our kids will ride, that our, you know, we go on field trips and we expose our kiddos to different disciplines, different competitive disciplines, different um, career opportunities. Mm-hmm. And, and we know that if they choose different competitive disciplines, we don't necessarily have the experience and training. So they'll be going into spaces that with a white trainer or a white instructor. Yeah. And so having what we have at their roots, right? And having those roots be deep and strong. So when they go out to that other place mm-hmm. and they're faced with some stuff, that they know in that moment that the crew's always got their back and they can always, you know, they're, they, we, we got them. Yeah. And they will have that confidence and they will have internalized that, no, I have a right to be here. You can't push me out. Yeah. I know this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's powerful. It's, it's, and so, um, So yeah, every step we take is intentional and for the benefit for our kids, no matter what, and they know it. Yeah. 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 I, I think, you know, my, my brand brain is like coming in. Um, (laughs) I think that it is so important for this, this level of integrity and intentionality to happen at the beginning. Um, you know, you see now, you know, different organizations who are, you know, trying, they've been around for a while and it's like, okay, let's have like a, the BIPOC day week, you know, or let's offer this many seats, this kind of scholarship situation. Um, but they, they're not able to sustain that type of commitment because it was never ingrained in them in the beginning. They never had those intentions in the beginning for everyone to feel welcome. Um, I'm, you know, been doing a lot of research lately and it's that it's, you know, I don't need to only feel included. I need to feel like I belong and working with these kids to make them feel like they belong in a space is so much different than just saying, Hey, you can come for this day. Mm-hmm. you can come for this eight week session because we have a scholarship you know some people it's different it's different and so you know going a step beyond inclusion that that puts the responsibility on the environment right how do you create a space where where kids belong and that is something that I believe that you all have been masterful at because it was you know ingrained in the foundation in the very original framework of your organization so thank you for that thank you so much (laughs) now tell me a little bit about your kids I mean you don't have to like say names or anything but what has what have your kids looked like what has their experience been from like the very beginning and it's like just get to walk a little paprika around to now you know they're saying what the horses are eating and and able to describe what their experience is versus just existing there what's that been like (laughs) well uh now this is the part where I cry a little bit because First of all, my background is in education. So I spent 20 plus years in education before moving to the state with housing. And so human services has always been a part of my life and especially kids, especially our kids. Uh And um, when we first launched, I had an injury so I couldn't participate physically until like a month or two later. So we launched in March. I couldn't come to the barn until May. Mm -hmm. When I came, 
one of my coworkers signed her two little girls up and um and I mean little they're tiny mm-hmm. at this point and I come up and the younger one she goes and they're of um Dominican descent mm-hmm. uh, I'll take you on the tour I'll show you everything oh okay okay let's go then so they knew the grounds they knew what the barns were called at the time we had two horses Patrick and Samir they knew them and they went to the pasture sat at the tires and literally just hung out and I was moved by that because again I'm dealing with whoo there's a lot of horses up in here (laughs) and y'all little you know what y'all doing and it was a beautiful scene. They, the, the Samir just walks up and nibbles and he still does that to this day, just nibbles on the helmet, lets them know, you know, he's kind of protecting and engaging with them. And, um, and they were just completely at peace. Mm-hmm. So some of the kids come thinking they're gonna ride the horse, even though we try very hard to be intentional about naming what it is we'll actually be doing so they don't have the disappointment of that. Yeah. Um, they still come. Some of them still think, oh, we're gonna ride the horses. And so um they come and and most of them don't have any background with horses. So they're very new in this space. Um to see the excitement that they have especially when one of the horse one of the horses comes up on them and they're like whoa hey <laughs> um it does something to me because you can see that exchange mm-hmm. between the horse and the kid and they're and it's like love at first sight you know and it's like dang look at this like we really doing this <laughs> <laughs> and then and then to fast forward to like Jenny said earlier, hearing them spout out their intelligence and their expertise. They're the SMEs and the, the subject matter experts in these situations. So whenever I'm doing a tour and it's during a session, I always engage them because I want the people, the adults and the kids to see number one, hey, this kid is like my age and they know, know all this stuff. They're just doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. And the parents to see the value in the program itself. Look at how confident these children are. Look yeah. at how, I mean, they're brilliant anyway, but just how smart they are in terms of the horses and their horsemanship training. You know, why that horse is just looking that ball of crystal. Well, it's not crystal, it's salt. Mm-hmm. And here's why they're doing that, you know. And mm-hmm. um, it makes me so incredibly emotional because number one, I know that every day is not sunny skies for them. I know that they go through several things, not all traumatic. I don't want to put that on us either. They're not all traumatized, you know, but just life is happening. Yeah. And for children to have a space that they literally call their own. They, I, I observed one of the girls saying, those are our horses out there immediate goosebumps because I didn't have to tell them you know these are your horses they belong to us you know this is all of our no they know Mm -hmm. and that knowing it runs so deep for me because just like Jenny said when when we send them into these spaces that they want to be curious about or they want to learn about that confidence piece is very important because the way other people are will most certainly try to chip away at that. Um, it is very difficult for white people to think of black people or any other um, indigenous or person of color to be equitable with them. Right. Even though they may say that, that the reality of that challenges their own freedoms mm-hmm. and right to live the way they have been allowed to live since they got up in here so um it that confidence piece and that knowing piece is so deep to me because when they show up 
they'll know without a shadow of a doubt that they own whatever space they step into. Yeah. Whether you welcome me or not, I own this. Mm-hmm. And to watch our children exemplify that and, and take that and really hone in into that space and their voice and their platform to have that voice, um, it's empowering. Mm-hmm. And, and Jenny, you know, I would talk with her because she is a white woman. Her perspective, it comes from a place of privilege and confidence and knowing and support. Mine is usually surviving and fear and uh, masking. Mm. So when she's empowering the children to have a certain voice, I would literally feel the fear grip like, hold on now, you know, hold up. Cause yeah. that is not safe for us. Mm-hmm. So we had the hard conversation of that, our perspectives, because it's not healthy to hold on to that fear either. Although it's important to have a level of vigilance because it really ain't safe, you know, yeah. but how do we find the balance? How do we empower them and consider what the world is like for them? You know, so we are doing that work as well. <laughs> and like I said, when I see how they show up with that, it floors me. Like ego wear, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I don't try to, I really don't have much of an ego, but when, when it comes to them, it's like, oh, who, what do I know? How do I even deserve to be around them? Yeah. You know, they're so amazing. They're yeah. so amazing. And then our horses are like, all, they're the champions, okay? Mm-hmm. They really are. So yeah. That's Jenny. awesome. Jenny, did you have anything you wanted to add? Yeah, a, a little bit. Um, because um, as Kanisha, as you were talking, um, like a few examples, um, like hit me um one of one of which is Saturday so um we have three um three young ladies um ages I think eight to almost 11 Mm -hmm. they've been coming for about a year and um they like they just come together they're there for three hours we combined their sessions so that they could spend time together and become friends they're their friends and they just like, I need to go to them. I can, you know, at first we, we have someone go with them. So they, to ensure their safety, as far as, you know, do, saying door, so you don't get run over by a horse, right. Being right. right. Um, but now it's like, yeah, go here, go there. And then down the road from our barn, there was like a fall festival and apple orchard. So the owner of the barn, like we all hopped in the four wheeler and she drove us down there. So then we all had lunch and apples and, and it's like, I just looked at Kanesia and I'm like, these are our dream girls. Cause this, this is the embodiment of what we dreamt about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Like being completely comfortable and knowing that they own this space as Kanesia said, and just the fluidity and the, the, like the, the not needing to check in with us anymore to just say, I'm doing this or I'm doing that. Yeah. Um, and my granddaughter's playing with Legos in the background. So just FYI. <laughs> and, you know, and, and for the, the impact that we have on youth who come, who maybe aren't able to come for, you know, consistently for a year or coming through one of our partner organizations, mm-hmm. even, even in those short amount of time, we have an impact. We work with a charter school in St. Paul and our point of contact there, I asked, I asked them to send an impact statement. And I was like completely floored by what they had to say, which was that the crew has an impact on their school attendance. Like it's been a struggle for many of the youth, the students that um, participate with us to come to school on a regular basis, but they're there on Tuesdays <laughs> and they want to come to the horses. And one young woman who came and she did not know anything about horses. She's in eighth grade was like, you could just see on her face, the fear. 
she has like come out of her shell and reaches out and has emailed me directly. Like, what can we do? And like, so even it's just to, as Kanesha said, it's, it's humbling. It's like, it's just an honor to yeah. be on this journey with our kids. Cause what horses can do when you're open and when you build that relationship with them, mm-hmm. it will take them so far, whether or not they keep doing um, horses or not. Right. And we, we right. talk about the multiple careers. We, we use you as an example so many times. Do you see our logo? <laughs> do you see these books? Right. Like, this can be you. So even if you don't want to do horses like directly or compete or train, if you just like horses, you can make a career out of this because look at what this young woman has done. This young black woman has like built this and she's a podcaster. And so, yeah, you come, you, you are always at the tables. You are always around. I'm trying to keep it together. Okay. (laughs) So I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> it is true. It, it and is. It is. Is, is because you, yeah, I mean, you are a role model to our kids, right? And having the, the books that you're, that you've created, that you've written, that you've illustrated, like all of that. So our kids can see it. It's tangible. Yeah. You can do this. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. I've, really appreciate that (laughs) um so tell me how we can support you what are what are the ways that the black in the saddle community can support the crew um you know anything you got coming up um we'll do like website and socials later, but what is it, what is it that you're looking for um, support for and with and all that? Do you mind I'm if sorry. I jump in? Oh. Yeah, because I'm sitting with how I want to say, or I want to ask, uh, but yeah, you go. Do you have it? Do you have it formulated or do you want a little bit more time and I can jump in? You jump in. Okay. Okay. Um, so I think, I mean, funding, right? So donations are great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that um, I think we've tossed around, and I think maybe I talked to you, Aubriana, a little bit about is what we were talking about earlier of if, you know, the whitewashing and the window dressing that happens, right? And the hard push. Mm-hmm. I am like all for, so this is like a longer term goal, but I'm all for us building our own table, right? If you don't want to give us a chair to sit at this table, we can build our own table. We can make our own. And I would love in like, you know, whenever, right? I would love, because we have a community, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh so yeah, we, I'm like totally blanking on everybody's organizational name. So we have a community and it's a Facebook community mm-hmm. and it's a strong community, right? So what's stopping us from having our own horse show, right? Our own national horse show, do it somewhere in the Midwest. So everybody has to like, you know, equal distance, right? right. But what would that look like? I mean, you got the Bill Pickett Rodeo that does that on the, but like having a multidisciplinary national horse show for black quest black and brown equestrians like wouldn't that be like so i would love to do that so if any as you're listening and you want to support that and you want to help or you want to join in and like start building this coalition of doing something like that yeah so our kids can show off all this because we're not the only ones doing this no right and um, and there's a need for this, right? It's a need for what, what we're all doing. That's the yeah. thing is that we are all doing this and we have, you know, and it's you, Brittany, Aaron, right? Michelle, you all started this like two or three years ago, right? I, I know this, like 
and I've been like following and just kind of, and so it, it's possible. I mean, if we can do this in 24 weeks, all of us together right. do anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to, I want to point out uh, something you said made me think of this, but sometimes we get so like inundated you know, with this industry and, you know, we're talking to people and we're making connections and, you know, we get to know so many people in the industry. And sometimes it gets to the point where we feel like we're surrounded by people doing what we're doing. Yes. But in reality, it still ain't that many <laughs> like just because we feel like there's a lot of people around us doing it and this is something I have to remind myself of often like just because you know this many people do it's like the scale you know you have to look at perspective like nationwide the, me knowing 150 people doing something does not mean that it's frequent does not mean that's a lot and so there's still that need sometimes we get blinded by that whether or not we need to show up this way or need to do this because we feel like it's it's saturated the market is saturated and it's like no that's because we're looking from our own lens out versus looking at the bigger picture and and honing in and so just just to your point about coming together and like there are a lot of organizations interested in this kind of work but there could always be more mm -hmm. you know and there could always not everyone has the same intentions right not everyone has that same foundation and you know some people are coming in on the back end they've been around for a while okay cool but there's never not enough of this this uh cultivating relationships with horses that empower kids to have that self-awareness that self-confidence and that presence I mean you're not only teaching kids how to be around horses but you're teaching them public speaking skills you're teaching them how to communicate with adults which is hard mm. adults don't even communicate with adults <laughs> like there's so many so many other skills that are happening um it's just not, it's never enough. And, you know, when we talk about support and, and where it should go and how to make things happen, um, I don't ever want anyone to feel like, oh, well, there's five people over there doing it. So why should I kind of thing? Mm -hmm. I hear you. I totally hear you. Kanesha, did, did you have anything you wanted to add? That was actually, and Jenny and I often joke about being on one accord. That was what I was trying to formulate was the ask of how to bring the collective community together. Um, because we are, like you said, we are actually still pretty isolated mm -hmm. um, around the country, you know? And so yeah, I, I see a lot of amazing things happening but not in the collective. And that that's the part that I wanted to ask if your platform could pull out a AO to, to the community to put um to put our minds together mm -hmm. and leverage, you know, what we all bring and yeah. Uh, and 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 for our kids you know for them to see because I'm not oh I can't think of his name if he's listening please um don't be mad but he is a clothing designer and a friend sent me an article because he designed equestrian gear for black youth down in Atlanta mm. and um I reached out to him he's like yeah we do a big like picnic and play polo and different things in Atlanta. It's a huge fundraiser. And he was so humble and so sweet. And he was extremely busy, but he took a second just to say, you guys should come out. It ain't for the kids though. 
it's for the grown and sexy so you I might know. Wanna... I'm, I'm trying to show up next year we might need to so i i just said you know how do we when i think about our communities you know one of the biggest complaints is oh everybody you know want to want the family discount um i don't i don't want to leverage people for a family discount i want to leverage people for the for the possibility for our kids to see what's possible in this industry for us to see what's possible for us to um do collaborations mm -hmm. all kinds of things that other people do all the time <laughs> um what what can we do you know and this is not just for black folks this is for the whole BIPOC community you know how do we show up together stronger and in mass so that there's that power and fortitude and just love in this space like how do we do that for our babies <laughs> so yeah. My ass. yeah 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 i i've um just been doing a lot of um working with horses not riding uh well, i i do leadership development with them and one of the things that we always tell our clients now i work with corporate uh, entities. And we tell them that a horse's um, one thing that they know for certain is that they're better together than they are apart. It's just, it is, it is part of their DNA. It is part of their being. They know this so much so that if there is a member of the herd that wants to go off and, and, you know, be out of place and and just do their own thing lead mayor will be very aggressive like if you leave like you need to leave leave or you need to stay here you need to it is safer for us if you do not go away right she is very aggressive with it and and you know going out and and visiting the wild mustangs that i visited a, a few weeks ago um it was really like it was really apparent how that was natural to them yeah. and so not saying the 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 aggression of the lead mayor when someone leaves is needs to be like a thing but like understanding that as we come together i mean we as a collective are part of a herd and knowing that we're better together than we are apart another thing is herds have family bands so you can be in a family band and you can have your own goals and your own mission but understanding that the herd if we all need to move we all need to get to safety all the family bands come together and move versus leaving three four five over here off to fend for themselves that's just not how horses work they when they feel safe they spread out when they feel like they need to protect each other they come together and i i feel like we're still in that process of needing to build in and come together and protect each other um, and support one another and see where those collaborations can happen. So I absolutely will be sharing, um, you know, more with my network. Um, I actually have a, I need to post about it later, but we have a, um, we have fireside chats every uh, first Tuesday of the month. So there will be one tomorrow. And we are going to, to talk about that, you know, talk about that, that interconnectedness and, and collaboration and, you know, understanding how we can continue to work together because we do get isolated. Um, just being focused, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's not on, on, on purpose, right. but being focused on our own little section of the world, um, we, we forget the opportunities in other places. So 
thank y'all so much for spending time with me today and hopping on black in the saddle um you know this this season is really about community and it's about um how to how to or or talking to the people who have taken this idea and actually brought something to fruition whether it be a nonprofit, where whether it be an equestrian space um clothing line like you mentioned I'm gonna need his contact information um but I just I just really appreciate you all spending time with me today um Jenny do you want to share where or first off do you want to share any other words before we go over our socials and where the black in the saddle family can find you no, you two are so eloquent and like, it was, that was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I'm like sitting here just, yes. <laughs> all right. Full. So no, I have nothing to add. At all. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let the people know where they can find you. Um, if you have any events coming up. Let the people um, so you can find us on our website at www.thecrewurbanyouthequestrians.org. Um, we are on Facebook at um, The Crew Urban Youth Equestrians and then Instagram and TikTok at The Crew underscore Equestrians. And please, please, please go to our TikTok because we have like, I think we're up to 20 followers. So it would be really awesome to have some more. <laughs> I'll be number 21. Okay, thank you. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jenny. Thank you, Kanasia, again for spending time with me today. And we will we will be part of your herd. It will be thank part of you. your herd. Thanks for inviting us. <laughs> we love you so much. Yes.